Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. This is our 2021 inauguration sermon. And if any of you are wondering what the word inauguration means, it's a ceremony that marks the beginning of something. It's a formal admission of someone to office. Thousands, if not millions of people lost all their hope yesterday. I didn't, and I trust that you didn't. Uh, some, uh, here, here's, some, here's some phrases that were said yesterday. Uh, it was said yesterday that this is America's day. It's, it's a day of hope, a day of renewal, and a day of resolve. The Bible says in Colossians chapter number one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you in peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and, ye, and knew the grace of God in truth. You want to know why these folks are thanking God? Look down at verse number four for their love. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love which ye have of all the saints. That's why they're thanking God. Verse number six. You know why else they're thanking God? Look at right in the middle of the verse and bring it forth fruit. These are Christians that have faith in Jesus Christ. They have love for all the saints and they're actually bringing forth fruit. Honestly, folks, look, I care who's in office. I do. I, I want to pay attention and I want to make my vote count. I care, but I don't care that much because my hope is in Jesus Christ. I want to be around people that have faith in Jesus Christ. I want to be around the saints that love one another. I want to be around people that are bringing forth fruit for the Savior. Give me a young person that doesn't have life figured out, but's on fire for God and wants to talk to every single person they come in contact with. Give me a young family that doesn't have all the problems of life and a family worked out, but they just want to tell somebody else about Jesus. Give me an older saint that's been through a bunch of junk in their life, that's sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's just worn out because that's what people do. They just wear you out and they're 60 and 70 and they still want to come to church and they still want to be a blessing. And they're still patient with people that are 10, 20 and 30 years. their junior. That's who I want to be around. Those that have faith in Christ that love the saints and that want to bring forth fruit. Look at verse five. For the hope which is laid up for you in Washington. No, it doesn't say that for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. My hope is not in Capitol Hill. 
I want it to go my way, just like you. But it didn't, and it won't. So guess what? Our hope in heaven has not changed. Praise God. They said yesterday that we want a, a, a day of renewal. Let's go over to Romans chapter number 12. Let's get renewed, shall we? Romans chapter number 12. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse number one, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that would be Christians, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want a day of renewal? How about all Christians? How about all brothers and sisters in the Lord? How about the whole body of Christ says, you know what, Lord? It's reasonable for me to present my body a living sacrifice for you because you died on the cross. And I won't be conformed to this world. I will have a renewing of my mind. I'll think different. Things, things that weren't important to me now are. That's a day of renewal. How about if all Christians abroad and nationally got on board with that? Can you imagine what we could do for God? Thousands, 20,000 National Guard. I get it. Here's what I'm calling for. And if you're listening on internet land and the World Wide Web, heed my words. Go down to your public square this Friday afternoon at five o'clock and hold a scripture sign that says you must be born again and find somebody that's walking down and give them a gospel track. And then when you give them a gospel track, say, hey, you have a few minutes to talk about spiritual things, not political things, not economic things spiritual things and see if you can engage that person in a one-on-one -on -one conversation i'm telling you if we had twenty thousand christians across this great state and across this great nation that would do just that and twenty thousand christians would talk to just one lost person about eternity we could start to make a difference preachers Cancel your pizza parties and your, your, little, your little youth games this Friday and bring all the little kitties out to the community and have them tell them about Jesus Christ. And then come back to the church house and have a little pizza party and rehearse everything that the Lord has done. I'm telling you, we've gotten away from marching for Jesus. We will march on Washington. We will have National Guardsmen come in to protect I'm all about protection. I'm glad I'm not in political office and have, 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 have to deal with any of that. But when are Christians going to march for Jesus? The way that everybody's so up in arms on political sides, march for their political team. We need to, we need to remember that we are on the winning side. Uh, it, yesterday, it was said that the will of the people has been heard and heeded. Yeah, right. <laughs> what people? But what I submit to you tonight is, how about the will of God? 
How about the will of God that is heard and heeded? Too many Christians are so wrapped up in politics, so wrapped up in social issues that they have forgotten what the will of God is for their life. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable for you and I to do that. It was said yesterday, we haven't come to celebrate a candidate, but a cause. How about us as Christians? We get serious about our celebrating the cause of Christ. Do you know millions of people and thousands of so-called churches have basically moved to a message that avoids anything that would cause someone to feel bad? Sin is taken out. Repentance is taken out. Evangelism is taken out. You don't believe me. I'm just telling you. Visit another, I would say, even an independent Baptist church. And you will be hard pressed, hard pressed to find one out of ten of them that are actually doing something. In the 50s, it wasn't the the case, was it? Some of the senior saints can remember when just about every conservative, true Bible-believing church was out in the community doing some type of public evangelism. We need to celebrate the cause of Christ, and we need to celebrate and be in the perfect will of God. Let's go on in Romans chapter 12. The Bible says, for I say in verse 3, Let's read some Bible. Amen. Let's let's do that. Through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Anybody else here have a little problem with pride? Sometimes we just think we're a little higher than we ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Romans 12 is pretty practical. The Bible says in verse four, for we, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry. For he that teacheth on teaching, for he that exhorteth on exhorteth or exhortation, or he that giveth. That's a gift nobody in the church wants to have, right? <laughs> but you know what? Giving is a gift. There's some people that just have that gift. You get you just get around them and all they want to do is give. They want to give their time. They want to give their resources. They just want to give. Let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with an iron hand. No, he that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with complaining. Oh, no, with cheerfulness. Cheerfulness. You know, people that are trying to tell you that they're they're being merciful as they're kind of grumbling and mumbling about it. That's not what God wants. Number nine. Let love be without dissimulation of poor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Oh, boy. 
if the modern church would get a hold of that verse, we can start to see some change. But the message has been, take what is evil in the world, tweak and change it just a little bit, slap a sticker on it that says Christian, and we're good. I'm telling you, the Bible says, abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Now, young people, please hear me because... Parents need somebody like me to back them up when they want to try to raise their family for Christ. I don't know which gift this is going to be right here. Maybe it's the gift of exhortation. And parents, pay attention, please. You know what they have given Mickey Mouse now? A magic wand. You know why? To do magic and cast spells. You know what else they've given Mickey Mouse? A wizard's hat. You know why they gave him a wizard's hat? To do wizardry. It's evil. They want to take something innocent, like a little mouse caricature. It could be fun. It could, right? There's nothing wrong with imagination. There's nothing wrong with creativity. There's nothing wrong with cartoon. None of that. But they take something innocent and they turn it into something evil by putting a wizard's hat and giving them a magic wand. I'm telling you, we need to abhor that which is evil. You know what they're doing in government today? They are redefining everything and asking the American people to swallow the pill. They have redefined marriage. They have redefined they have redefined violence. <laughs> One side can do it, but another side can't. Everything is being completely redefined, repackaged. We need to abhor that which is evil. The Bible says in verse 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And if we all can do that, this is Christians. We can have a sweet time of fellowship. And every time we get mad at each other, we should just have each other turn to Romans chapter 12 and read verse 10 and 11. <laughs> do you know how many problems occur from a fella that just doesn't want to work? Now, he knows what verse 11 means. He just don't want to work. Do you know how easy it is? You don't need any special Bible teacher to have you understand what verse 10 means. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Now watch verse number 12. The Bible says rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. How can we rejoice in hope? Inauguration day was yesterday. And people think. Half of America thinks. All hope is lost. Half of America thinks. Hope is gone. I don't know if that's a true stat or not. I'm just surmising. Our hope is not gone. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. 
Here's what I'm asking every Christian to raise to the challenge and every Christian to have some resolve and follow Romans chapter 12. Let's finish the verse. Bless them which persecute you. And in case we missed it, he says, bless and not curse and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. We, we, we all want peace. You know, like, <laughs> we love you. Go home in peace. We don't want violence. We can have a day of peace here on earth. We can have a week of peace here on earth. We can have a year or whatever the amount of time of peace here on earth. But without peace in our hearts, that only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We're suffering. That's where our peace comes from. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place in the wrath where it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. It don't matter if it's a, a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent. If you treat a lost person, your enemy, so good that it just drives him mad, he can't figure out why that Christian is being so nice to me. I don't even like him. But he's going to heap coals of fire on his head. Now, that's the way to live. That's the old kill him with kindness. And that's what we should do as Christians. Now, watch. Remember what we said here back in verse number nine, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Watch how it wraps up the chapter in verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You and I cannot obey verse number 21 until we first obey verse number nine. Because if we are in love with evil things, there is no way we will be able to overcome evil with good because we love the wrong things. <clears throat> Proverbs 28, the Bible says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. It was said yesterday to look ahead, to be optimistic, to be bold. <laughs> Proverbs 28, one says, but the righteous are bold as a lion. There's a quote that says, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. But every morning a lion wakes up. It knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. <laughs> Too many Christians, I'm telling you, are sleeping in. Too many Christians can't get a hold of Romans chapter 12 because they're not bold as a lion. They're little cowardly little kitty cats sleeping in all day. They're afraid to go out into all the world. I'd like to say thank you, church, for being here. Thank you, church, for supporting this work. 
Thank you, church, for willing to go out into, in, into our community and praying for those that want to go out into our community. Community. All of us, we need to set our sights on God. And whether you think you're a, a gazelle that's going to be eaten by a lion or whether you're a lion that's hungry to eat a gazelle, I don't care how you feel. I don't care if you think you're a victim or not a victim. I don't care if you are depressed or not depressed. I don't care what emotion you're going to give me or what excuse you're going to give me. The Bible says to go out to all the world and preach the gospel. When the sun comes up, get to running. Find a soul and tell them about Jesus. It was said yesterday, the American story depends on all of us. It's, it's we the people. I'm telling you, the Bible story depends on Christ. And we the people are sinners. In the same way we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb is the same message we need to bring to the people. We the people will bring to we the people. Because we are all the same, we've come short of God's glory. Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us. Oh, it's all. It was said that the virus stalks the world. I'm here to tell you that sin stalks the world. It's destroying families. It's destroying relationships. It's destroying college campuses. It is bringing upon death. The devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Save someone from that roaring lion. It was said that we should rise. Of all, There's been this rise of all types of problems in this world. This focus on the virus. This, this focus on political problems. Social unrest. Coronavirus. All of these are the least of America's problems, spiritually speaking. I'm not speaking from a physical span standpoint or an economic standpoint. I'm speaking from a spiritual standpoint. It is the least of our problems. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is every person's problem that has not been born again. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through the Republican Party and through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have a spiritual problem in this world is sin sick. We must bring the gospel to the lost. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter four, verse number one. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It was said that we need unity yesterday. Christians need unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Verse four, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. What do we unite around? Verse four. 
one spirit. Verse five, one Lord. Verse six, one God and Father. We unite around our triune God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our unity comes. You really think Joe Biden's soul is keyed in on the unity of our nation? Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm telling you. Our church, our little local church, with not many people, but with faithful saints, our hearts and souls and minds, we need to be keyed into the souls of this town. Our debt has been paid, but we owe a debt to this town that not a one person would come into Putnam County, would come into Cookville, would come into Tennessee Tech and not hear the gospel. We, our hearts and souls must be keyed into that. If we're not ashamed of our Savior, we need to be keyed into those souls. Not a one person should have an excuse. That's our debt. I would be ashamed to look at my Savior. He has brought us this far. And to die and have to look at my Savior and have to say, you know what? We, we, we slept in, Lord. We didn't get up and get a running. We slept in. We need to care for souls. Never mind what politicians say. The message we're going to give them is the same message we're going to give to our lost neighbor. If you want to fight lawlessness and extremism and violence and hatred and hopelessness, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It was said we need to see each other as neighbors rather than adversaries. <laughs> yeah. As they attacked one man for four years, nonstop, relentless. Now all of a sudden we need to unite. I don't buy it for one minute. I don't buy that therefore Christians in any way, shape or form. Here's what I'm fixing to get prepared for. They're just going to let as many Muslims in and give them all their religious rights that they've ever had. And they're just going to forget all about the Christians that built this country. You can, you can bank on that. <laughs> yeah. A amen. Amen. And amen. But if our gospel be hid, it is him to hid to them that are lost. Gather up the fragments that remain that nothing, been, that nothing is lost. A Muslim comes into our country. You know what they need? Jesus Christ. Your neighbor that's a Muslim, you know what they need? Jesus Christ. The Muslim on the campus, you know what they need? The love of Christ. Look, those people aren't our enemies. They're the enemies of God, just like you were before you got saved. You just think what you were trusting in somehow was just a little bit better than, well, the Muslims, they're so extreme. You're extreme. I was extreme. And Jesus Christ saved our souls. We have to stop looking down at all these false cults. We have to stop looking down at all these false religions. We have to get our souls keyed in on their soul because the gospel is hid to them that are lost. Spend time with the Muslim. Spend time with the Jehovah's Witness. Spend time with the Mormon. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let him ask you a question you can't answer. That's how you get good at the Bible. You got to go and wrestle with it and study it out. Without unity, there's no peace. 
and unity around Jesus Christ is our path forward. The Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Our heart has peace. Our mind has peace through Jesus Christ. We must be affixed to him. Finally, I want to leave you with this. It was said yesterday that politics doesn't have to be a raging fire destroying everything in its path, which is ad nauseum when they have just tried to destroy one man and every policy or idea he has had, good, bad, or ugly, for four years. Yet politics doesn't have to be a raging fire. You mean, as long as we get on board and agree with you, we're all right. <laughs> yeah. The American people aren't that dumb. We've been duped. We've been cheated. And right down the line, here's what I have to say. You and I, we're on our way to eternity in a raging fire. And God says, your life and your soul doesn't have to be like a raging fire. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And we have a whosoever will gospel. God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come down, live a perfect life, sinless in every single way. 100% man. And God at the same time. They hung him on a tree. Where he was whipped. Scourged. Spat, spat on. All of it. For you and for me. He died on that cross. He didn't stay dead. Because three days and three nights later. He rose from the grave. And he's alive forevermore. He has defeated. Death. For your soul. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. People say I don't believe in hell. It's going to be a place. That, that's weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you go there. The Bible says and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Being in torments. That's Luke 16. Everything in that passage is real. Why do you get to hell? And Well that's, that's really just symbolic of something else. That's just really a parable. That's just really an illustration. Well, it illustrates that people go there for real. Everything in there is real. It says, for I am tormented in this flame. Every lost person right now is in danger of hellfire. If you and I love souls, if we can dedicate our bodies to living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can get our hearts and minds off of politics, off of social issues, and on the spiritual things. And let's do more for God by reaching this lost and dying world. And let's not worry so much about losing an election and winning an election. Let's worry about losing a soul and we have a lost and dying world. Let's be concerned with winning souls, winning people to Jesus Christ. Let's do that this week. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. 
In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.